All right, if you got your Bible, I hope you do. If you don't, we got them in the chairs in front of you. Uh, we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23, starting verse 23, and we're going to go through 25. That's going to be our main uh, scripture this morning. Um, if, you, if you're new this morning, I just want to let you know we've been going through this book, this little tiny book. It's super easy, even I can read it. It doesn't have many pictures, but you know it's still good. It does have some pictures, not a lot, but uh, it's called I Am a Church Member. That's by Tom S. Rayner, and in it, it's got six small chapters about being a church member, and the one thing I want you to hear before we go any further is that being a church member will not save you. We do not believe that here. Only being saved and giving your life to Jesus Christ I mean, uh, that's, that's the only way you can be saved is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Um, with that said, it's very important to realize that once you've accepted Jesus, at that point, you're a new creation. He's given you a new heart. And that's a heart that seeks to do the will of God. And as someone, uh, as one pastor once put it, um, being a disciple of Jesus is a lifestyle for a lifetime. And that, that, when I heard that, that really sh- struck a chord with me. That's, uh, to be a disciple of Jesus is to have a lifestyle for a lifetime. And so today, we've talked through all six chapters. We're, we're at the very end. We're wrapping up. Uh, the chapters were, um, the first one we talked about was, uh, I will be a functioning church member. The second one is, I will be a unifying church member. Uh, I will not let my church be about my preferences or desires, was the third one. Fourth, I will pray for my church leaders. Uh, Five, I will lead my family to be healthy church members. And then today is I will treasure the church uh, membership as a gift. So my membership is a gift is what we're talking about today. Um, That might be something we don't really necessarily think about as, as church members, uh, that our church membership is actually a gift. Um, let's go right to the scriptures. Hebrews 10, uh, starting in verse 23 and going through 25, it says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're going to come back to that. That's our key verse for today. We're going to come back to that. Another verse I want us to look at is one we've looked at a ton of times. A lot of people have it memorized. It's John 3.16. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life it's one of the most beloved verses in the bible because it says for all of us who are in christ we have received a gift we've received this free gift of salvation and although it was free to you and me it was very costly it was a very costly gift it cost jesus his very life but it didn't cost us anything a a quote out of this book, out of this chapter, uh, from Rainer, says this, Church membership is a gift. 
A gift must be treasured. It should not be taken for granted or considered lightly. Because it is a gift, we must always be thankful for it. And when we are thankful for something, we have less time and energy to be negative. That is so true. We had a pastor uh, that would say that all the time, and man, it was, it was solid. If, if you look at me long enough, I'm going to disappoint you. And if I look at you long enough, you're going to disappoint me. But if we both keep our eyes on Jesus, he'll never disappoint. And I thought that, he, he used to say that all the time, and it was so true. So true every time. The, so the emphasis in this sermon uh, is that our church membership is a precious gift that should be treasured. And when we treasure this gift, it will greatly affect the way we love, the way we serve, the way we give, the way we pray uh, inside of our local church. And so that's what we want to emphasize today. You see, because every church member has this, ch- has this opportunity, right? As a, as a church member, once you've accepted Jesus, and it's what do you do now with this new heart, with this new life? Where, what direction do you go in? Well, I, I guess I should go to church. Okay, well, once you get into the church-going mode, what does that look like? And there are basically two distinct options as, as laid out by this book, and, and I believe it to be true. And they're this. Option one is this idea of this country club membership, and option two is a biblical option. You see, the first option is, is that we approach church membership in a similar way to that to the way we would if we were uh, part of a country club. Uh, and so w- in that way, you join the church to see what you can get out of it. It, it's, it basically goes along these lines. The pastor is to feed us through his sermons, yet we have to specify a time limit and a length for his sermon. The music is to fit our style exactly. Any deviations are not acceptable. The programs and ministries are for our benefit. We will determine what we like and what we don't like. Members in this kind of membership expect perks and privileges and and service. So inside of this country club membership, it's not about serving the body of Christ. It's about self-service. It's about how can I be served. Inside this, inside this model, serving Jesus looks like a prison sentence. I mean, you could look at it from the standpoint of, hey, do you mind, you mind serving and doing this? you mind seeing to the kids? you mind doing painting? Oh, I painted last time, Pastor. It's kind of like you already put in your time. And if you put in your time, it looks more like a prison sentence than an opportunity. Others refuse to, to help out, and they don't even give a reason why. They, they just they don't want to give money, and they don't want to give of their time. And some, of, some people even get indignant if they're asked to help out. So that's, that's what it looks like as a country club member of a church. The second option is a biblical view. It's, it's one where membership is looked at as a gift, something that is treasured. It sees, you see this kind of membership as an opportunity to serve and give rather than some kind of legalistic obligation to do so. You see, when you come to Jesus, you don't just gain, you don't gain just this rule book. You've got to wear this kind of clothes. You've got to have your hair cut this way. You've got to listen to this kind of music. 
It's not about that. It's not this legalistic obligation. Our entire attitude should be different when we become a biblically-minded church member. We should see church membership as a gift and not a perk. You see, the question becomes, what makes church membership a gift? That's the main question. What makes church membership a gift? And the Bible teaches that it is. It teaches that church membership is a treasured gift. The scriptures emphasize the need to prioritize the church and church membership. The word of God makes it plain that every member, every member is vital and crucial to the biblical functioning of his or her church. And as we've already seen in these past chapters, our responsibility is to serve within the body of Christ, to be a unifying presence in the church, to check our uh, preferences and desires at the door, and to pray for our church leaders and lead our families in membership. These are all things that are great about church membership. So basically, I have three quick points um, uh, with some hard truths buried in. They're not buried in them. They're right there on top. I'm not excited about talking about them, but they're there, and we're going to talk about them. Uh, These are the three points. Uh, First one is this. What makes church membership a gift? Well, number one, salvation is a free gift. We've already touched on this. We've already touched on John 3.16. You see, a gift is something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. In other words, it is something that is not deserved or earned. So much of the time in so many churches and in different Christianities, even in songs. I was listening to some songs this week. And it's Jesus and. Jesus and this. Jesus and social justice. Jesus and uh, personal righteousness. Jesus and works. And you see, salvation is a free gift of God. It's free to you and me because there is nothing you've done to deserve it. There's nothing you've done to earn it. There's nothing I've done to deserve it. There's nothing I've done to earn it. When we repent of sin, place our faith in Christ, uh, we, are re- we receive this free gift of salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. When we receive this gift of salvation, we become part of this body of Christ. We talked about this in the first week, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. We said, Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. You see, not just this gift of salvation, but inside of this gift, it's, it's multi-layered. You see, it includes adoption by God the Father. It includes the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's what's in salvation. But along with salvation also comes this gift of church membership. When we are saved, the Spirit of God places us in the body of Christ and makes us a part of God's family. Membership in the body of Christ, the church, is a gift from God. It's not legalistic obligation. It's not a perk from a country club. It is not a license for entitlement. It is a gift. We should see it as such. When we receive a gift with true appreciation, we naturally want to respond to the giver. I don't know about you, but I can think of several gifts as I was preparing this throughout my life where I was overwhelmed. I mean moved. And I just wanted to honor that person that gave me the gift. And 
in that, and I don't know, have you experienced that? Is that something that you've seen? We should feel that way about Christ and his gift of salvation to us. That what a wonderful, what a great gift it is. Man, with true appreciation, we should approach Jesus. So our response should, to Jesus, the giver of our salvation and the church, is that we see service as a natural outflow or overflow of our joy of salvation and the consequent joy of our church membership. We, we should consider it a privilege to serve the king, so we should look for opportunities to serve others in the church. I know. I know it's tough. <laughs> but we have to die to self and live for the Lord. Church membership is a gift. It is a gift. The second point is this. Church is a treasure. It's a blessed treasure. Treasure refers to something that is special, important, of value. And if we see the church membership, our church membership, as something to be treasured, we will not view it as being trivial or inconsequential. It just won't be just another thing in our file cabinet of life. We will heed the scripture that we just read in, in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. When I look at Dale, I should look at him and think, man, how can I spur Dale on towards love and good deeds? When I look at my wife and my kids, how can I encourage them to do these things? For some reason, and we've talked about this under in the uh, Ten Commandments when we did the Ten Commandments and remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For some reason, the Lord's Day, once considered a very special day uh, dedicated to the worship and service of God, is now treated like any other day by many professing believers. If you look at the numbers, if everybody that claims to be a Christian in the United States is, is truly a Christian, in church, in this, we treat Sunday as the Lord's Day. The number of professing believers outside of the church today is, is really, really high. Because it's not of great importance. The Lord's Day is not what it once was. And the local church life, once considered the center of indispensable relationships, is now treated like an extracurricular activity rather than an essential uh, ingredient of the Christian life. So in studying this and preparing for this, you know, I, 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 like, I like kind of this research side of stuff. There's this book that uh, a fellow named Dr. Kent Hughes, I don't know this guy, but I've, I trust that other people that I like, they read his books. So I've not, full disclosure, read this book, but I've picked through it and found these six terms that he talks about. And the name of this book is Set Apart, Calling a Worldly Church to a Godly Life. And so he lists these six disturbing trends along, uh, among a large number of people who identify themselves as Christians. First term is this. 
uh, hitchhiker Christians. Hitchhiker Christians. She says, the hitchhiker's thumb says, you buy the car, you pay for the gas, you pay for the repairs, you pay for the upkeep and insurance, you fill the car with gas, and I'll ride with you. But if you have an accident, that's on you. And not only is it on you, but if I may sue you. And I'll criticize and complain and probably bail out. My thumb is always out for a better ride. Second trend he calls the consumer mentality. Many of today's Christians shop for church like they're building a supper at the Golden Corral Buffet. Hughes points out, shoppers attend one church for preaching, send their children to a second church for youth programs, and go to a third church's small group. Their motto is to ask, what's in it for me? This has been called cafeteria Christianity. That's tough stuff. Another one is, is drive through Christianity. Hughes comments, The nice thing about drive through restaurants is that you can get what you want in a minimum amount of time with no more effort than turning, on your, or turning your power steering. But of course, there is an unhappy price extended over time in the habits and, and the otter, arteries of a flabby soul. A family that is unfit for the battles of life and has no conception of being Christian soldiers in the great spiritual battle. Skip over a couple of these. They're just, they're not, they're not positive things. I don't like talking about them. But you can't deny that when you look at our, our nation, that this isn't evident. Last one is this, and it applies right now during COVID. Uh, churchless worship. Hugh says, the current myth is that life, the life of worship is possible even better apart from the church. So instead of faithful practicing and participating in a church, there are self-professing Christians today who prefer to have their own private worship service at a local coffee shop or down by the lake or in their living room in their pajamas. Name of the book. Now I've got to go back. Set Apart, Calling a Worldly Church to a Godly Life. Dr. Kent Hughes. Guys wrote a ton of stuff. Dave, you've ever read any of his stuff? I checked him out. I checked him out. I read, a bu- I read several of his other books and chapters to make sure he was on the up and up. Unfortunately, he was. <laughs> you cannot deny the trends of this country. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of the downer. <laughs> it's the bad part. The third part of this, why is church membership a gift? It's number three. Membership is a glorious joy. While all that is sad and true, that that's the state of the world we live in, it still does not deny the fact that membership is a glorious joy. Church membership has to do with uniting yourself with other fellow believers for missions, for mentoring, and for ministry. You saw this morning a missionary that we're united with and serving the Lord and sharing love and food. And while it's not the way that we typically have done it here at Plant Grow Harvest, it's the way the Lord's allowing us to be used right now. And so we praise God for it.
So those things happen being, being a membership, or being joyous in, in your membership, in this idea of mission and mentoring and ministry. You know where it happens the most effectively? It happens most effectively and most joyfully in the context of a local church. Maybe that's not why we're not allowed to travel like we once were. Maybe that's what the Lord wants us to do, is focus on being more of a local church and loving one another and mentoring one another and ministering to one another. But it's still great that we get to minister with another local church in a small town thousands of miles away. Local church membership is about mutual belonging. Healthy church members... uh, Healthy church membership means that we find joy in being last instead of seeking to be first. We talked about that last week. Dale talked about that last week. This I am second movement. I think it's great. I think when I hear that, and, and I think they do a great job of reaching, and I'm not saying I'm better or my ideas are better, but it's, when I read the New Testament, it's, it's not I am second, it's I am last. And so we get, that, we get that opportunity in our membership to be last and make others first. We find joyous, joyous um, or glorious joy, I'm sorry, in church membership as we recognize our new birth in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It doesn't get any better than that. No matter what happens today or tomorrow or for the next 10 days or for the next 10,000 years, you belong to Jesus if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And you can't get away from it. You can't. Praise God you can't. We find glorious joy in church membership as we recognize that mutually belonging starts with participation in the life of our church. We are to participate We are not to be passive. Jesus was not a pacifist. He was an activist. <laughs> we are to be active in following Jesus. My membership is a gift, and I will never take it for granted. That should be in our hearts. That should be on our, on our lips and in our minds. Uh, we should be humbled and honored to serve and to love others in our church. And that's why we wanted to go over this book. That's why we wanted to encourage you to think about church membership. Because it is, following Jesus is a lifestyle for a lifetime. Whether you do that as a part of our fellowship here, or you feel led to go to another fellowship, know that following Jesus is a lifestyle for a lifetime. And that's what we want to do here. And we want as many people that want to do that along with us to come on and let's do it. Because I'm going to finish with, with going back and rereading our scripture. It says this, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Man, it don't get any better than that. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more 
as you see the day drawing near. You see that? You see how it ends? And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let me ask you a question. Do you see the day drawing near? I watched, I watched the video last night on the streets of the United States where two politically charged factions went to fight one another. Is the day drawing near? Is there civil unrest in this country? Is there civil unrest in Syria, in this world? The Bible says that earthquakes will increase. You know what? There's more earthquakes now than there ever was. It says that natural disasters will increase. You know what? There's more than there ever was. So let me ask you, is the day drawing near? I think you'd have to be blind if you said no. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? It says it right here. Hold fast to the confession of our hope. Stir up one another in love and good works. Do not neglect meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Those things I read, just to make you feel a little bit better about yourself, I've been there too. The hitchhiker Christian, the what's in it for me Christian, I'm not saying... I'm, don't, don't be offended or think you're alone in that. Well, let me take that back. You should be offended. I should be offended. We should all be offended because we don't deserve this great gift of salvation. It's offensive to our sinful nature to know that there's a just and righteous God that even though we are who we are and do what we do, He loves us anyways. And He died in your place for your sins. And He, he doesn't want you just to stop with knowing Him, He wants to, to be in the body. This is the body. So membership is a glorious joy. It is a treasure to be had. It is a great gift. If you want to be a member here, come and talk to us. Come talk to Dale. Come talk to myself. We, we want it to not be something that's taken lightly. You know, in a world where things are taken lightly... Church membership should not be taken lightly because it's important because Christ says it's important. God's word says it's important. And so what's important to the Lord should be important to us. So you are, if you have Jesus in your heart, you are the bride of Christ. I am the bride of Christ. We as a Jesus-fearing, God-fearing, Jesus-following church are the bride of Christ. So we should be excited in that gift. Um, <laughs> I want to end with this. I like music. I try to play it every now and then. And sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I hit the right notes. Um, so I grew up singing this song in church. It's, it's, it's an oldie. It's not as old as Dave likes. Dave likes songs from the 1870s. This is from the 1970s. Sorry, Dave. Like some old songs, shape notes. But this is a this is a, a good one, and uh, I just want to have Parker play it and uh, us just listen to it because I like it.
And, and if enough people know it, we may sing a verse of it. Play, play away, Parker. Probably. There it is. <laughs> Anybody heard that song? Anybody know that song? I hope so. <laughs> I love that song. Um, it's a little. Yeah. Yeah, we sang it at a yeah, Central a whole lot. And uh, does anybody have anything to testify about as far as far as? And I don't want anybody to be on the spot. Or as far as church membership being a gift, does anybody feel that way? And if they do, if you want to share just something, I don't want to stop that from happening. If if somebody feels that way about uh, about church membership, and you don't have to say uh, like a a 20-minute testimony or anything like that, just just two or three things if you got something on your mind or on your heart that uh, of being a church member and what it's meant to you. And if you do, say it, say it, and we'll hear it, and then we'll sing, you may sing this last little bit of this song. You don't even have to speak into a mic or anything. No, it's 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 a uh, man. I I know uh, talking in front of people. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I I went to college at ETSU and I hated I hated talking in front of people so much. My legs would shake so bad. I I thought I was going to throw up, 
and I took, they had this thing called pre-summer, and, you, and one of the requirements was that you had to take speech class, and it was literally two weeks for four hours a day, and that's when I took speech because I wasn't going to get, I went to it during the, the normal semester, and I was like, oh, no, there's 50-something people in here. I don't want to talk in front of all these people. I don't know what I'm going to say, and I don't know why or how I'm even up here right now, but it's, uh, it's one of those things. I, I completely sympathize for people that don't want to talk in front of, in front of the church. Well, I, I think it's, it's one of those things. I, I, if anything, instill it in the minds of your kids. In, instill it in, you know, your marriage. That church membership, is, it, it shouldn't be a trivial thing. It, it should be something that you look forward to. And if it's not, I've been there before. You just got to lay it at the feet of the Lord. It's so easy, just like the scripture says, it's so easy to point out uh, the sawdust in your brother's eye when you've got a plank in your own eye. And, and, it's, and that can harm fellowships. I mean, maybe you've seen it. I know I've seen it where churches split. I mean, most of the churches in this county are, are here because of splits. And, and it's just disunity among the brethren. And you've got to think, you've got to think that it's because we don't keep Jesus first in our lives and we don't, as John 3.30 says, seek to decrease as he increases. Because our flesh, man, we just want what we want. We want it when we want it. And so we we gotta we gotta be set apart. We gotta be made new. We gotta have this new heart of Christ, and not and not the heart that we used to have. Yeah. Let's stand and sing this last little bit. What do you say? Put those words up there, Parker. You ready? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood, joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for today, Lord. Thank you that we can be part of your family, that we are your adopted sons and daughters that were co 